Greater. What is up and welcome to Beyond the Art with Brandon Silvers. I'm your host, Brandon <clears throat> Silvers. As always, actually, we got a special guest today. We got former LSU head football coach Ed Orgeron <laughs> in the building. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Out down in the bayou. I think that's the only way you're going to be able to hear me. I'm joking. We got Mika Gadsden. Mika, a little bit under the weather. It sound, you sound a little bit different. Um, Yeah, but we're going to get through this. Hey, listeners. How you doing? It's Mika Gadsden here. Just getting through it. Willis Free playing injured, <laughs> leading right. us to the ring. I think we see Willis coming out, there he comes right now, six feet ten from Grambling. That's right, and the Knicks won last night, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. rare occasion, I would celebrate it as well. Okay, whatever. Uh, so it has been a hell of a week for the both of us, has it not? Um, yeah, as evidenced by my lack of voice, it has been, um, yeah. Yes, and <laughs> I've had a lot. So my grandmother, who we call Mimi, Aww. has been in the hospital for the past week. She had to have a heart procedure done. It was very stressful, Aww. but we are back and at it. Mimi has, I was raised by my mother and grandmother, as I've Aww. said a million times before to everyone in my life. Uh, and so Mimi has done a lot for me, but the most... Uh, beyond the art contribution she's made is she is actually the one who taught me how to play basketball. Nah. Yep. <laughs> so Gotta she's doing good now. Um, I'll post some, maybe I'll post some pictures on my Instagram so we can see how hilarious that visual is of this lady teaching <laughs> oh, you me have, how to hoop. Oh, you have proof. We don't have proof of that, but we do have oh. like, I, just seeing her okay. will confuse people as okay. to how she taught me how to play ball, but she straight up did four or five years old D'ing me up in her yard, <laughs> getting fouled when I was on probably defense and offense. I was go. a fouling machine, but but she stuck through and let me beast out there on the court. Behind every great podco podcast host, I guess, is some magnificent a woman. Very tiny grandmother. Yes. <laughs> cool. So uh Well get better. Get better, Mimi. Feel better. Yes, please. Hurry up. Stop doing this. This is enough. <laughs> no. Um <laughs> But and that was after it's been a roller coaster because last week we had so much fun at the alley. Want to thank them again for having us yo, out last week. I, yo, shout out to the alley. Shout out John Wilson as well from the Charleston Battery. That was a lot of fun. A guy that everybody knows. I don't know how, but good lord. Like, I mean, I posted. I shared the post. Shout out Fernando for capturing the images. Yes, I shared them, and they were like, "Oh, you know John? Oh, John's a great guy. Oh, John, you know John walked on water. It was great." Yes, <laughs> I was like. <laughs> on the Cooper River, they said. Um, they said they like, yo, he turned Hennessy into wine. I'm like, yo, this man does it all. <laughs> nah. uh, also, B man, uh, shout out B man, <laughs> Queen and Comb coming out with the B facts, <laughs> tolerating my B jokes. No, they were you love B puns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was good though. Yeah. So yeah. last week we discussed March Madness. How everyone's an expert. <laughs> I quickly found out. I am not an expert at this. My men's bracket is uh, somewhere in the trash. <laughs> so, wait, wait. Okay, last night for those uh, we're recording on Saturday. Yes. And so that means that we just watched last night. What do we watch? Or oh, no, the late before last. Who yeah. lost? Zag, Gonzaga. Gonzaga lost, which is which was for a lot of folks that was the one. At least going to the game. That's who I had right. once again violated my own rule of not 
picking teams who I hate watching. Well, can I just do a timeout? Yes. Also, you're, uh, I had never paid attention to that Holmgren dude. Until <laughs> right? What is up with him? I was like, is he done being born? Like, he just seemed... Yeah, he needs to stay in for a couple more years. Couple more years. Couple more years. Look yeah. like he just got out of the hospital with Mimi. So, Stop. so great player, but yes. you know you yes. might need to get a couple of shakes in you. It's it's high, it's high. But anyway, I didn't mean to take you away. No, from you are correct because okay. I'm glad you saw what I was talking about because I was just dragging this dude unnecessarily. No, but but kind of I'm in trying to inspire and motivate. I like would Coach say, K Wood. I would say some of your takeaways were echoed on national sports shows, so you're not alone. But anyway, you were talking about how your your bracket is oh, burnt up. Thank thank the Lord for uh, the women's bracket. Lady yeah. Gamecocks won yes. last night, still yes. in it. Yes, yes. But but yeah, my my men's bracket. So now I'm happy to announce officially. <laughs> Beyond the Arc with Brandon Silvers is the official bandwagon podcast for the St. Peter's Peacocks. And I, I will allow it. I have, I have a fake gavel. It is my, uh, my throat coat tea tumbler. I will allow it as a former resident of Jersey City. Welcome, welcome. Now it feels good. If- <laughs> it feels good to be a winner. Shaheen Holloway. I, I yes. watched him when he played at Seton Hall. Seton Hall. Yes. So I'm happy to be a peacock. Proud to be a peacock, some might say. No, bro, did you watch the game, though? Like, I watched it. I was amazed. Like, it's, it's really good and fun basketball. Yes, they yeah. play fun. Yeah. And they played so confidently, too. Yes. Like, it got down to, oh. to crunch time, and they just turned up. I yeah. was like, whoo! After losing, after being in foul trouble, losing a couple of their, well, losing one of their best players, their best player, due to foul trouble, it was just great to see them rise to the occasion. Yeah, because they were playing Purdue, and so they their big men had a had their hands full with the the dude Edie, who's seven foot four. Oh my god, and that's a real seven footer. Yes, no Shay Holmgren, but yeah, yeah, like he is legit, and so they're trying to guard him, and it just did not matter. So they no. they came out on top. So once yeah. again, beyond the art with Brandon Silver, the <laughs> official bandwagon podcast for the St. Peter's Peacocks. Yes, and, and for those again, I, I made this. Well, my friends had had fun with your little joke about my CW Gotham Knights. Um, but no, I went to school down the street and I said this before. I went to school down the street from St. Peter's. I went to school, so I'm an NJCU Gothic Knight. But St. Peter's is still like, we. if, you, if, you, if you're if you from the city. Knight. <laughs> Shut up. Wow. That sounds much more believable okay. than the Peacocks. I was making all those Peacock jokes and didn't even realize St. Peter's were the Peacocks. But now you... Went to your mascot was Batman. <laughs> so this I is never, not no real. I never thought about that. Not Gotham, but we were close to Gotham. We're right five minutes from New York, so okay. That I mean, I don't. Why didn't the school lean into that? Y'all should have had a. Was it like a licensing issue so or? I think they were more. Gothic is referring to the architecture i think that oh i didn't yes. know if it was yes. like like the uh the emo kids <laughs> not even okay not okay. a lot of bachata a lot of salsa merengue yeah no not emo oh, I'm, yes. i might need to re-enroll yes that sounds good you'd have a ball <laughs> huh. all right i'll put that on my list D- d3 school so i don't know <laughs> no scholarships but that's all right that's, that's okay. all right we got the pell grants walk okay. on the lady gothic nice did well 
I want to say shout out to the Lady Gothic Knights in JCU. The Bat Women. Okay. <laughs> so, in addition to March Madness and our stressful, busy, exciting lives, <sighs> we have also been watching on HBO Winning Time. Winning Time, boy, my favorite new, my new favorite series, period. Yes, I heard it was doing better numbers than Succession, their first couple episodes. You, for real? Yeah, so, and I would believe it. I mean, the opening scene got me like, oh, oh, they going for it. <laughs> Absolutely, so for those who don't know, Winning Time covers the rise of the Showtime Lakers in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, it starts off with with uh, Jer Dr. Jerry Buss buying the Lakers and also trying to agree to contract terms with Magic Johnson. <laughs> and so we're still in that early portion of things uh, where Magic is kind of like a small town kid, I guess they're, they're portraying him as. Kind of, but like, no, he was that dude. He was, he was, that, he was a national champion. Yeah, the right. greatest player, number one pick. Right. But, but yeah, very, very much he was just not L.A. at all. No, no. <laughs> and they're making fun of him for how he dresses in the Midwest. De Detroit, you know, yep. the Detroit area, you know. Um, yeah, they, they're emphasizing the family angle, the uh, religion angle, yes. upbringing, religious. Very. He did a lot of religious activities. <laughs> Many <laughs> at the church yes. uh, during church. Was, uh, <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, and so I, I think much like this podcast, I think it's a great show. Even if you don't really know sports or basketball like that, it's a drama, and, and it's based on um, Jeff Perlman's book, which is heralded as like the definitive. Lakers, I guess, uh, it's not a biography, it's about it, but it's really in-depth uh, writing about this era called Showtime. Yes. Yeah. And and when the Lakers, it's because it's hard for me because I'm a basketball fan and a Lakers fan, yeah. unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but to imagine a time when the Lakers weren't the Lakers. Uh, first of all, can I just say how absurd and entitled Y'all have enjoyed so much success over many generations. Thanks to my fandom. <laughs> right? But y'all, you're, you're just as bad as New England fans who don't make it to the Super Bowl every year. Yeah, and so it's hard when you're used to winning, not winning. You're like, what's going on? Toughen up. But it is it is very, we're not like the Knicks fans. Who, oh, my God. Who have not won in... <sighs> My Mets look amazing. DeGrom look great. Um, I'm looking at the Mets right now. I'm at City Field right now. <laughs> no, exactly. The, the Knicks HBO show Losing Time will be out later. But, but uh -uh, ours will be called Fighting Time. Fighting Time. <laughs> but no, Winning Time is, is really... It's a great show. I, I love the way it's shot. I know they have to get creative with the angles to make uh, Quincy Isaiah, who plays Magic Johnson, look... Six foot nine. Because he's not. No. No. And so it's like, okay, we're going to film you from your shoes up. <laughs> and then have you like hanging on the rim. And then. <laughs> yeah. The basketball, because it's been, it's been a, a handful of basketball scenes too. Yeah. yeah. The Norm Nixon, like, welcome to LA. Um, that. And then of course, in episode, was that two or episode three? Anyway, the, the one on one essentially. With, yeah, yeah, between with, Magic and, and, Cookie's, and, and Cookie's new boyfriend, Boothang, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they have been decent, because we've talked before, we'll probably do an episode on please, this. Please, please. With basketball scenes in TV shows and movies please. is like my biggest pet peeve. They're all terrible. I don't know who people get to oh be their gosh. coordinators on set, no, but it's the least believable thing in the world. Okay, so just as a prelude to that forthcoming episode, 
what show comes immediately to mind? I know we're going all over the place, but I'll bring it back to to winning time. But what show comes to your mind? Both new and old Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> Speaking of the peacocks, peacocks are on the brain, <laughs> yo, yo, Bel Air yo. Academy, but they're both terrible. Like, what are we doing? I know in the original they were playing in <laughs> oh god on a court that was about a basketball court is ninety four feet. The court that they tried to make a full court on the original Fresh Prince of Bel Air was about ten feet. It looked like it. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Uh, so th- there we go. That's a little tease for future episodes. Okay. I don't think. I don't think it's been too bad in winning time. I think it looks somewhat realistic. Right. As realistic as, as I've seen so far. I guess the one thing with the with the Norm Nixon one is they're like, the way they were dressed to play ball. Yeah. Was, no. I would say they know. The, creator, the, the most of the action, y'all, is going to be off the court. Yes. So I'll, I will get my gavel. I will allow. <laughs> I will allow for a little, some inconsistencies. But I have really... I have friends uh, similar to you who observe all of the, you know, if they use the wrong ball, like in like yeah. um, with like a college football, sometimes they use a different ball with the stripe versus, like I have friends who pay attention to that, but I, I will allow it here. Like, yeah, it's not bad. Well, like I didn't yell when I was watching it. Right. So that's normally, that's like my litmus <laughs> test for how ridiculous it is. Like if I can get through the scene without yelling at the TV. So you weren't that meme of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing to the screen? <laughs> yes. It's like, oh my gosh. No. no so no. even though, but but like you were saying, they're few and far between. So yeah. they, they know most of the actions yeah. off the court. Off the court. Yeah. Uh, what what have been the most interesting parts of it to you so far? Oh, first of all, I did not know that Dr. Jerry Buss was a real doctor a chemist I, i'm like and he was super like i so for full disclosure i read at least a couple like three or four chapters of the book showtime that the series is based on by jeff perlman and and they break down like how great of a student he was as a child and uh, as he got up there and he always had that charismatic personality that we see on full display yes but he he was very just super inquisitive and smart naturally gifted yeah that is, I, I thought it would take me out of it because you think of Jerry Buss, for those of you who are sports fans, yeah. is like yeah. going after the young Playboy Playmates and, and stuff like that. But he is a super smart man and the portrayal of him by John C. Riley. Oh my, let me just say this. I, 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 I lied with that being the best or the most, the, the most standout thing. It's the casting. I incredible. Lo- John C. Riley is playing his ass off as Ooh. Jerry Buss. Because there was the controversy beforehand where that broke up Adam McKay and Will Ferrell's like friendship because oh. Will Ferrell thought he was going to be cast as Dr. Jerry. I didn't Buss. know this. Now, oh. from my Hollywood insider sources, <laughs> I hear that that may have just been like the straw that broke the camel's back on that one. Like there might have been other things that McKay had done that. Where, uh, Will Ferrell didn't really appreciate. So they're not friends anymore. Not friends anymore. I didn't know that. Yep, and it was because this was the this was the big thing. Uh, McKay has talked about it how he didn't think he handled it correctly himself. Yeah. He, he's come out and said that. But I can't picture Will uh-uh. Ferrell in this role. John C. Riley is incredible in this role. He would have been better as Chick Hearn. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking, but like, nah. He would have been better as Magic than as nah. Jerry Buss, especially with that curl pattern. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh Lord! <laughs> a, no, I didn't know that shit. First, first Jordan and Barkley break up. Now this, okay? Uh, I, I know. <laughs> the sports news never stops. I guess, but no, the casting has been phenomenal, and I just think 
that right there puts it above a lot of other dramas out there. Yeah. Completely agree. I know we were just introduced to Pat Riley. Oh, my uh, Oscar winner is playing my, my favorite Knicks coach of all time. <laughs> yeah, so Adrian, Adrian Brody yes. Yes. is playing Pat Riley. What did you think about that when he came on the scene? I, I was floored because it, it's it's pretty good. That's, at, fir- that's really at first, good. I was like, wait, I was like, oh, uh, but I'm like, oh, no, it works. And it works. It works. It, works. it really does work. It and works. There was a scene of him playing basketball. It was very brief. Oh, it was. <laughs> where he just got elbowed in the face. So yeah. he didn't have to show off any skill or nothing. I think that was that was smart. But yeah. <laughs> Adrian Brody, like Pat Riley, because Pat Riley is like a, a being. Like right. he, we, we, mo- most people know him. Like and now, like like seventy, what seventy seven now? Like, I, I believe so. Yeah. They know the slick back hair. They know the the the, the style. The you know the the leadership. The fancy suits, fancy. the leadership, all that. But it, that's not how he. That's not how we meet him in the series. Not at all. Yeah. So I think that was in that was just that was wild because he he showed up and you knew it was Pat Riley. Right. Uh, right. But then to see how he was playing Pat Riley. Oh, we're doing something here. Right. I think so. Quincy Isaiah is magic. I don't know Quincy Isaiah from anything else. I think he might be a newcomer. I think he is, and that's the thing. Like, like so. Again, I typically don't like to do all the googling. Whenever, even though I knew this was going to be based on a book, and I had started the um, Three Ring Circus, also written by Jeff Perlman about the Kobe, Shaq, and Phil Jackson era, um, that you know that followed the Showtime. Yeah, you got the books over there, bro. Yes, <laughs> yes. Let me just get Showtime if you can. Yes. But like... <clears throat> Jeff Perlman. But, well, this dude yeah. knows his Lakers oh, stuff, so... he knows. And I know And I know if he pissed off, pissed off anybody, it's probably because it's true. But back to your... Like, what I didn't like to do was Google every actor. But like the um, the gentleman playing Storm and Norman... Um, <laughs> Nixon. Nixon, excuse me. His son... Is like so. so I, I remember his face. Oh, That's his son, Lord. And he was in the bodyguard. I remember him because he was Whitney Houston's son. And then when I turn on Rich Eisen like two weeks ago last week, he's talking about. It. He's like, "Yeah, that's my dad. I'm playing my dad." That's crazy. Well, he you didn't he know is that incredible. No, I'm I'm dumbfounded right now. Okay, he is so good <laughs> because very. He, like I've only read a couple of things about yeah. Norm Nixon. Yeah, Spoiler I don't know much. Alert, he doesn't. Yeah. He wasn't really there too long. <laughs> but from what I've read, <laughs> he is killing the part, and it makes sense since that is his dad. Absolutely no, and, and so just just saying, like the, the guy playing Magic, I don't know. The smile is they got it. They got it. They and got that's it. that's the that's the key part of Magic. Yep. You got to get the smile. Got it. Yeah, I don't mind that he's a couple shades darker. I don't mind that Cookie is a couple shades darker. I think that they got some really good performers to execute these roles. And I think that's important too, because yeah. that's the opposite of what Hollywood does. I know. So Normally, I, like, I would be cast as Magic. <laughs> I mean, you know, Will Smith out here playing, playing with the <laughs> wait, no, <laughs> Will Smith not only playing King Richard, but I remember the concussion doctor. He played that. Oh, the, the, the Nigerian dude. <laughs> Yes. I was like, and I'm like, oh, if he could nail it, I don't think he nailed it. But I was like, all right, I'm okay with them going the opposite direction. This was nice. So I enjoyed that too, because like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to play the role. It was offered to me. I had to turn it down respectfully. <laughs> all cakes matter. <laughs> all cakes matter. All cakes matter. If you listened last week, yep. you know. <laughs> Cornbread, chocolate cake. We good. We good. <laughs> so with that... 
I think the 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 performance that's really caught my eye has been the portrayal of Jerry West. Ooh, yes. Because for those who don't know Jerry West in real life, he he was a Laker in the '60s. He he won a national championship in college. Won a championship with the Lakers. Yep. Been one of the greatest NBA players of all time to the point where his silhouette is the NBA logo. He is the, lo- he is the logo. Yes, and then he went from there to an outstanding career in the front office with a coaching stint in between, but one of the greatest execs, general managers ever. Hands down, like hands down. And I think like that's the Jerry West, of course, that I grew up with. I was born in, in the 80s, so that's the Jerry West I knew. Um, but the series attempts to talk about some things that Jerry has been more vocal about yes. in recent years, his struggles with mental health. Um, and, and so, but but this right here is an unflinching look. And again, it's, a, it's fictionalized to some degree. Yes. But it was it was just great to see this uh, this other side of Jerry examined more. Yeah, so you're right. He did come out with an autobiography that I read uh, a couple years ago called West by West, My Charmed, Tormented Life. Wow. And like you said, they do take creative liberties, but he has been very open about his depression, the anxiety he suffers from, kind of like imposter syndrome as well. Yeah. He's, he's like a, a extreme perfectionist. Yes. And to see this man who is so talented when it comes to playing basketball, to putting together basketball teams. I mean, he's responsible yes. for the Kobe and Shaq dynasty as well that you were talking uh, about mm-hmm. and has been involved at the highest level of the game, performing as the best of the best, both on and off the court for 60 years now even though it brings him such mental anguish to do so. Right. <laughs> and comparing that to where I had kind of the opposite experience where I went to basketball as like a place of peace for me because yeah. I, I suffered as a child from severe social anxiety disorder where, oh, okay. where I, it peaked in my middle school years to where I was being hospitalized and I was homebound for most of middle school. Oh, I didn't know that. And the yeah. only thing I could really do was play basketball. Okay. And that's where I felt calm and confident. And to see him suffering through yeah, this. Yeah, and, and, and I don't know. Um, I love the fact, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Um, I love the fact that you share that because it also maybe underscores, you know, for you, it gave you peace. But for him, he was no longer able to perform at that high level. Yes. So I don't know if being close to the game but not being able to do what you used to do, does that exacerbate those issues? I don't know. So like, do you think you could be a good coach? Do you think? I don't think I could be a good coach <laughs> because I just, I want my athletes to want it as bad as me and no one's going to, you can't control that part of coaching. Right. So I've tried to stay away from coaching right. unless it's like at the, I've done some volunteer coaching for, for younger kids where yeah. the, the goal is to have fun. So, I mean, we're not gonna, we're not gonna <laughs> chastise you for not wanting to be the greatest player of all time when you're seven. Right? No, I'm I, not Coach K. It, you know, <laughs> thank you for continuing to to um, you know reveal the real Coach K. Hey, he's yeah. got a, he's got nothing. The, the clock's ticking. He's probably got a game or two left, and so I got to get this slander out now. I hope so. I was hoping that they would. Oh, oh I was God. mad. I was mad. Oh, anyway, anyway, um, go St. Peter's. <laughs> So, I know you were reading in mm-hmm. in Showtime yeah. about Jerry West and how comparing that to this more fictionalized version yeah. on Winning Time, how to you it comes off as he was 
brought more anguish and, and more stress from the coaching portion in particular as opposed to the playing portion and the general manager portion of his career. Right. And and, and I just it just occurred to me, like, no spoilers. Like, a lot of this stuff is already in the, the public sphere to some degree. But with where the, the series kind of takes takes a little bit of a left turn, turn away from reality is that, you know, Jerry is struggling as a coach and he realizes the limitations of his um, his style. Um, he realizes that he's not the right person to coach. Now, you mentioned his storied GM, uh, you know, roles that he's played at different organizations. You can see in the book, you get more of a glimpse of him understanding where his role is and it's not on the court yelling at players. So in, in the book, they kind of they they, they kind of show it more as Jerry telling, um, you know, Dr. Dr. Buss, <laughs> um, hey, I'm not the one. I can't I can't get it done. I can't get them to play for me. I can't get them to show up for me. Um, because he's a screamer, he's a control, he's a control freak. So uh, you know, and of course, yeah, yeah. And we've talked yeah. about that in the past with the Russell Westbrook uh, yes. situation about yes. the importance of knowing yourself. Yes. And so I wonder how much of that is brought on by his his mental issues because I feel like when I was struggling with uh, my so social anxiety disorder, that I was hyper aware of everything. It felt like like paranoid or not paranoid, but just overly in tune with how I might come off, what my limitations were, oh. things like that. So I'm curious if he had the same experience and that kind of gave him this insight into this isn't the job for me. And also on the flip side was kind of a positive because when you're hyper aware of certain things, obviously you're going to be good at putting teams together and identifying uh, different uh. personality traits that can fit together and different things like that. Yeah, no, I, I, you gave me a lot there to work with. <clears throat> I do, I get a sense. Well, the show is all also like the, premise of the show is how um how bus came in and turned the whole franchise around yes. so yeah the lakers were they were you know they were a decent team he had they you know jerry had won a chip as a player but then in this this office role you see that they're struggling they're kind of like treading water and so i i think i don't i, I think you're right i i think that he didn't completely leave the organization he still was involved, right? Like, yeah. I, I'm trying, oh, yeah. Yeah, trying to get the the, the chronology, chronology, in um in order. So I guess they gave him, and we'll see on the show how 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 it, it kind of un unfolds. Yeah, it's still very early on the show, right? And in the book too, it's kind of just so different. You can't really go by that, um, you know, episode by episode. But it looks like they at least recognize his talent, and they understood the. And I'm using air quotes, moodiness. Mm. You know, they understood that. But they gave him, they, they created a home for him somewhere. And I don't know if you actually get that opportunity nowadays. I don't know if you get that. I would say no. I yeah. think once they're done with you, they're done with yeah. you. And uh, particularly with with the someone, someone who is so open about his limitations, I feel like that's looked at as a negative to be open with your limitations. You're supposed to be super confident, supremely confident at all times, which means I am perfect. I have no faults. And I didn't answer your question directly earlier. And to that point, yeah, I think he was hyper aware. I think whatever he's dealing with, whatever he disclosed in his book, and whatever he shared about his mental health struggles, I think he was super sensitive about, you know, who he was and who he was not. Um, and I think that that did play into him changing roles eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the Jerry West, that whole story is just interesting to me just because it, it relates to me. It's, 
something I can see in myself in certain parts and then obviously not in other parts. Yeah. And, and we've touched on a little bit for about how that would be accepted today versus then. So I'm curious, what other aspects of that era that they're showing, this late 70s, early 80s era, do you think that they've really nailed that they, that they were doing right back then versus what was what was kind of yeah. glad we left that behind? Yeah, well, I'm glad we left behind um, normalizing uh, high-powered high executives having, you know, tons and tons of sex with perhaps inappropriately aged young girls. I'm glad that that's... No longer touted. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least not as. Yeah. At least you get in in some trouble today. I mean, and and, and I'm I'm just glad that that's been. I, I like that the series doesn't hide from that because you can't talk about the Showtime Lakers without talking about sex, rock and roll, drugs, all of all it, all that, all like of it, cocaine, cocaine, everything. I mean, lots lots of cocaine, lots of cocaine, lots like ski slopes. <laughs> Like the it, most cocaine you could ever imagine. I'm, I'm uh, and I'm, I'm reading. I'm, I'm laughing, y'all. But read the book. Read the Showtime book. Because <laughs> that was a big problem in the NBA in the '80s. Was no, it cocaine. really was. Like that was ruining franchises because their players would get hooked on cocaine, um, and then what do we do? I gave a shout out to the Mets earlier. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Baseball, all throughout sports. <laughs> oh man, a lot of cocaine. A lot. <laughs> Why? Oh my gosh. It was a party drug. Imagine it, it, that. It wasn't. It wasn't bad until it was in the hood. <laughs> Give me my skinny Marge. <laughs> yeah, skinny. Yeah, I don't need the cocaine. That that's. I'm telling um, you, I'm high off life. Exactly. <laughs> I am high off life. <laughs> no, but so I I think. So that's, that's the thing I, I think a lot of people, especially being an organizer, an activist, I know you might not think that that, that, that actually factors in to how I break down this episode, but I see younger organizers kind of romanticize like revolution or like what Che Guevara went through or they romanticize revolution or cocaine <laughs> or anything, anything in like black and white and the only reason why I'm bringing that up here is because I think we can be like that's taught me how recognizing that in younger people has taught me how not to be a prisoner of the moment and not how not to romanticize earlier struggles and so I think what I like about the series is that they're not necessarily applauding Dr. Buss for having this sex they're showing you how over the top it is. Yeah, it really does kind of make you feel like, okay, I got to go take a shower. Yeah, and, nah, you know. I didn't feel great. Like, you know, it, it looked, it looked, I, I was, I was literally like, damn, it's like that. Um, so Calm I, down, buddy. Yeah. Like, so, I, you know, so they get it right in terms of the depictions, but um, that's one thing that I'm glad is not normalized. At least it shouldn't be normalized in today's sports is all the misogyny and gratuitous sex and all that other stuff. Because it felt very, and I didn't watch the show a lot, but it felt very Mad Men to me. I it did. No, I you got like, it. You oh. got it. And it was a couple decades after that, but yeah. to see it still going on, I was yeah. like, oh. It might, it might evoke nostalgia in some people, um, but I hope it doesn't. Not that part. Cause, yeah. Because the series starts off with magic in the, in the doctor's office, so... Yes. Like in the 90s. So yes. it fast forwards to that diagnosis. Is, yeah, is that a spoiler alert? It, I, like, I mean, I, I don't think so at this point, but it, it, the series it, literally starts off literally. with Magic finding out that he is tested positive for HIV. Right, right. Yeah. And so the sex plays a big role yeah, yeah. in that. 
Yep. And right. they they go right for it and Yeah. So they do a they do flashbacks. So Yes. I mean, I can't be a spoiler. Everybody knows magic. Like. Yes. Yes. That's the that was probably the biggest news in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm glad that they don't normal like that's not normalized anymore with the with the misogyny because it just is really uncomfortable to watch. Let me tell you what I what I hope that people learn from and keep and adapt to today's game. Making the game entertaining. Finding new ways to maximize the value of like the, the this is this is a spectacle, and I love that about Doctor Bus. He understands this is entertainment. This is not just business and balance sheets. These are people with personalities and stories. Let's sell that. And I think that that is really what what he got right because I know uh, he purchased the team from Jack Kent Cook, <laughs> yes, who was did. just a boring <laughs> regular guy. Yeah. And and he really, Doctor Bus really leaned into that. And I think we're kind of circling back into <laughs> that Jack Kent Cook era now with all the analytics going on and everything. Oh yeah. And I'm not a big analytics person. I think they have their place, but to use it to tell the whole story without providing any context right. is is not the move. Yeah, and I, I I think a lot of that. I don't want to get too much into the activisty stuff, but Jack Kent Cook had a plantation mindset. And I, I agree. I think not all of the analytics, not not all analytics, all analytics matter. What are we doing with this one? I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> but, but that's kind of the feel that I get yeah. from it because the analytics person to me is a person who is typically white, yes. who didn't have the talent to play and is trying to come off as smarter than even the players that are the like, best in the world. Exactly. You get a sense of, from 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 the from the portrayals on the show, you get a sense that oh, these are just naturally gifted black athletes. Yeah, I can figure this out. Oh, they dunked this. They bring in this much. We sold as many tickets. We sold these many hot dogs, and it's not that. That's not how this works. That's not how it works. And um, yeah, I, I I you definitely get that through the portrayal that they thought they had a handle on it. And so when you have a a, a visionary like Dr. Bus come in, it changes the game. Yeah, and that that's really what we're looking to do now with what we're doing. Mm. I mean, that's what that's what we keep coming back to with the issues in Charleston. Yes. With oh, how everything's got to be this certain way and you got to do this inside the box and uh, we got our spreadsheets that tell you what's polite no. and all these tourist dollars. And I think we can be candid. Like, I think that's the one thing I've been excited to talk to you about. And we've, we've touched on it. We've, talked, we've spoken about it. We probably talked about it on my podcast. Um, but like, how there's such a lack of imagination for black gifted, like people who are gifted in black, and and I'm and I'm not heaping praise on you, bro, because I'm you you can oh no that's not the dynamic oh, okay. of our friendship. Oh, okay, I was just checking. <laughs> it's more razzing you or hazing you. Any listeners, you can. <laughs> no, nah, please reach out. But like I I and I said this to you. I probably said it on this podcast. Like I feel like um who the Kevin Bacon in that movie, the air up there. Yes. <laughs> That's going on the list, the basketball scene list. I love that movie, even though it's problematic. Ew. It's problematic, but I love if it so much. If you put Air Bud on that list, I'm getting, I'm getting a new host of the oh, show. No, nah, his form was broke. He's <laughs> like Sean Marion. Anyway, no, but I feel like I feel like meeting you and realizing that you had a gifted gab, it felt like untapped talent. And like I literally scratched my head for like two weeks, not still because we were still filling each other out as like, are we going to work out on this podcast? I'm like... It gotta be something. It gotta be something <laughs> crazy. 
Cause I'm like, no, seriously, bro. You like the way you prepare for this show and the way you consume media, like much like I do, you're able to see things in this really dynamic way. And then you're able to contextualize that in a way that I cannot. I'm all, that's why I don't have no voice. I'm all yelling and screaming. But like that's Charleston though. Charleston will take its best and brightest. And if it doesn't fit into a specific rule, they will not have role. <laughs> they will not have space for you. They will not foster that talent. I completely agree, and I I know off the air yes. we have had this conversation. We had it this past week when I was a little irritated at the lack of coverage both the People's Beat and Beyond the Art with Brandon Silvers Come has on. received from other media outlets. Yep. I was trying to figure out what the problem could be, not really begging for coverage, just finding it very interesting. Very interesting. That they can cover the closing of the Charleston Chronicle <laughs> right. or issues where, where black-owned publications or businesses yeah. shut down. But then when you have a new upstart one that is quality with big names, like it's not just, yeah. if you don't know me, you don't know me. But if you don't know Mika Gadsden and oh. you don't know Fernando Soto, yeah. then what are you doing? Seriously, like there's a thing called earned media. And to me, um, it's a story. It's a local story. Like we're really building something special. And... Um, Going back to analytics, no, we don't have the numbers yet. No, we don't have the listens and the downloads yet. But quality is quality, and some things are above taste. And here in Charleston, they don't apply that rule. Like, they, like I listen to all kinds of genres of music. I bet you do too, right? Yep. I watch whatever movie I like, I watch. Um, some things are just above taste. And I don't look at things like race, and like my tribalism has its limitations. So I don't just look for black content. I look for good content too. Yes. Right? Not just culturally specific stuff that I that I resonate with. And, and Charleston just does not do does not do that. It wants you to play a certain part. And to your point about covering the closing, the shuttering of of, of a historically black newspaper, they love a black sob story where there's a perfect victim. Yes. They don't like the, you know, tenacious, scrappy, raspy voiced dissenters. <laughs> Keek the Sneak, yeah. Bay Area rapper on the mic right now. Um, Yo, your rap knowledge is killing me. That we got to talk about a, a music. I got some music ideas. No more P.D. Pablo. No more P.D. Pablo. All right. I had to get it out there. He's the best patriotic song I've ever heard. I had uh, to find that mix because I knew what mix you were talking yeah. about because it's like 18 mixes yeah. in that song. He thought that was going to be the only one, so he kept going. He was like, I got to make I gotta make as much off this as possible, I, I think but he's still rolling. I think, it's a, today, I, think he, I think he shouted out New Jersey in one of those. I had to find it. Exactly. So all of the the whole country very patriotic <laughs> man uh but no you're you're right charleston really does that and it'll make you yeah. think you are losing your mind <sighs> yeah that's like, like i'm out here because with magic johnson dr bus had to think outside the box magic yeah. johnson six foot nine point guard yeah. that was unheard of at the time point guards are, are my height six one <laughs> yeah so instead of <laughs> drafting six nine magic and putting him in the post where his skills right. would not have been utilized no. He was like, no, I'm going to let you do what you do best, even if other people can't see it. That's right. And the show's not finished, but we know how that story ended. <laughs> exactly. And he's a great distributor. So, like, I mean, I don't mean to get technical, but, like, I, I love the fact that, yeah, he was a, he was a able, um, the Lakers went against the grain. And, yeah, you, you get, you, you know what I mean? When you, when you risk, you get rewarded sometimes. When you take a calculated risk, you get rewarded. Yeah. 
So I think it's on the way for us. We've had a couple of, I mean, we were just at the alley. We've had the Charleston Battery showing yeah. some support as yeah. well. Mostly yeah. what I care about is the listener feedback has been fantastic so far. I don't, please don't feedback. Don't give no, feedback don't do about, that. Don't do that. By my, just, no, no, no. About oh. my voice. Oh yeah. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> who is, who is that? we're working through it. This is my first episode I listened to and she sounded we're horrible. Working through it. It's okay. Everyone should be excited that we're having a podcast with Macy Gray. Oh my so, God. <laughs> But the listener feedback's been fantastic. It's just the listener numbers, but that's analytics. And what we know is that spreadsheets are for nerds. Is that it? I think, I think that's it. <laughs> we played through the, uh, the distractions, the vocal issues, the hospitalizations, the mounds of cocaine, and we got this episode Yo, done. We went from Mimi to cocaine. <laughs> We love you, Mimi. Yes, heal up. Stay off the cocaine, please. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Share our shit, y'all. Share, Share our, our shit. shit. <laughs>